Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Coming and Going, a podcast that is designed to be a biblical guide to your parenting journey. Uh, That uh, title of our podcast, Coming and Going, is found directly in Scripture in Deuteronomy 6, where uh, God has instructed His people to teach the generations about His faithfulness, about His law, about His ways as they are coming and going. And so uh, we are blessed to be able to partner alongside you uh, to, again, be a biblical guide to your parenting journey as you are looking to to lead and love your students, to point them back to the truth of God's Word, and to continue to see them grow as young men and young women after God's own heart. And I'm very excited for today's episode, a very important topic for so many reasons. Uh, As we look to discuss gender and sexuality, uh, we are very blessed and excited to have Lisa Fields uh, be a part of the conversation today. And let me just share with you a little bit about Lisa before she personally introduces herself. Uh, So Lisa Fields is one of the world's most sought-after female apologist. Uh, She pursued her Master of Divinity from Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, and her time in seminary propelled her into her calling as an apologist. During her last year of seminary, her passion for teaching others and how to defend their faith was very clear. It was then that the Jude 3 Project was birthed, and as founder and president, Lisa's primary mission for the Jude 3 Project is to help the black Christian community know what they believe and why they believe. Now, recently... Lisa has been a part of a project called Talking with Gen Z About Gender and Sexuality, and it's a six-chapter guide for parents to discuss gender and sexuality from a biblical perspective with their kids. So again, we are incredibly grateful to have her here to talk about the importance of having conversations with our kids about this topic. So Lisa, thank you for being here. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We know that the conversation we're about to have and that you've been having as part of this uh, project is so important. Uh, as this podcast gets ready to release, we've strategically decided to release it in May, uh, the month before Pride Month occurs, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that for many of our kids and students, whether they find themselves on social media, uh, part of conversations within their school, or even simply going into the local store, uh, that they'll be inundated with various messages about pride. And uh, we know that that will spark a conversation. There's tension Mm -hmm. uh, for some of the parents when it comes to having those conversations and even attention for a kid or a student as they look to embrace the things that they've been talked about uh, and taught about the truth of the gospel, about being loving uh, and being told by society and culture that you're unloving unless you accept other people. And the tension that we have of wanting them to love others as Christ has called them to love, Mm -hmm. uh, while also uh, embracing the loving ways of God's Word and His Mm -hmm. design for things. And so can't thank you enough for the work that you and the Jude 3 Project are doing and for your time here today on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. And we're going to dive into uh, some questions here, but before we dive in fully into the conversation, would love for you to tell us a little bit about uh, the project, Talking with Gen Z about gender and sexuality. Uh, what is it and how did it come about? Yeah, so this is a project that's kind of been a passion project for us as an organization, as I surveyed the landscape, especially in the work we do amongst African-American churches, I wasn't seeing a lot of curriculum um, that really helped parents have these conversations. Definitely, yeah. And so I reached out to one of our partners, the McCullen Foundation, and said, hey, uh, we want to curate a curriculum. And they were like, well, you know, we have a 
also an organization that we partner with, Axis. Okay. That um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Axis, but not, they not they, as much, and probably maybe with some of our listeners a little less. But yeah, tell yeah, us more they, about them. Axis is an organization that really is devoted to helping parents have difficult conversations with their teens That's about awesome. things in the culture. Yeah. And so they was like, well, Axis already does this. We sh you guys should partner together. Yeah. And so we partnered with them and to curate this curriculum to help parents talk to their kids about gender and sexuality because we thought that they, that was one of the most pressing needs in oh, our yeah. culture today. And parents don't know how to have the conversation. It makes them uncomfortable. Kids, it makes them uncomfortable to have it with their parents. And so we was like, why don't we give some kind of guide to help? I mean, every conversation is going to be nuanced. So it's yeah. not like you just read this guy and say, let me get, let me read it to my kid. Yeah. But some kind of help. For yeah. parents, because I know they're struggling around this topic right now. And you're right. It's always been it's such a difficult topic for parents to talk about. I'm sure if we think about our own childhoods and mm -hmm. the talk that we may have had with our parents or didn't have at different times, mm -hmm. and even that notion for so long, generationally, we grew up with it being the talk, mm -hmm. and it's singular. Mm -hmm. And I love the language you guys use, conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, in that same vein as the pockets coming and going, that mm -hmm. these are, are conversations that are ongoing mm -hmm. uh, because the way that we understand things is, is especially for the life of a kid or a student, as they're growing in their understanding of the world around them and who God is, who they've uh, been created to be, mm -hmm. it's ongoing. Yeah. Uh, and they're very nuanced. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not, they're not, um, they're, God's word is clear, but how we uh, live it out uh, and teach that and, and help navigate those different tensions of relationships uh, is very, very nuanced for mm -hmm. sure. So thank you. That's that's awesome to hear and to hear more about access resources as well, knowing that this is just one of the many difficult conversations yeah. that parents have. So to know there's other resources out there as parents are looking for those those guides. Yeah. Uh, so why do you believe now more than ever that having conversations about this topic with our kids is so important? Yeah, because I think they're getting all kinds of information from the culture. Mm -hmm. And they really, because parents are not comfortable having the conversation they get probably about 10 percent of the conversation from their parents yeah and 90 percent from culture yeah it's from school from their friends from tv shows and so this is an issue that god cares deeply about yeah and the church and parents should be at leading on having the conversations with their children. 100%. And we should be able to enter in the difficult spaces and be salt and light. Yeah. Um, and I think the best conversation and the best impact would happen in the home. Yeah. So that they could say, this is what my parents have taught me and this is how they helped me understand it from a very nuanced and vulnerable place. Yeah, and, and I think those two things are so key mm -hmm. because when we uh, decide not to have the, the conversation, we inadvertently create a space in which we're saying, these aren't topics that we wanna talk about. Mm -hmm. Yet again, we know God's design is good mm -hmm. uh, and there are good conversations for us to have around it, but then we can inadvertently make it taboo Mm -hmm. uh, we can make it a space which say, hey, we're unwilling to have these conversations. And we then do 
whether intentionally or unintentionally, push them towards finding other resources to get those questions answered. And we know there is no shortage of ways for them to find information now. Mm -hmm. Again, generationally, if my dad or mom weren't answering those questions for me back in the mid-90s, there weren't a lot of places for me to go outside of the hallways of school or my buddies or whatever to find those answers for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of shaped some of those things regarding sexuality and so on, was your peer group. Mm -hmm. but now your peer group is the global community and billions of people and access to far much more information than we could have ever fathomed. So yeah. you are right, that anchoring point of the home and having those conversations benefits better. Um, and if the, the biggest thing we have to get over is that, that awkwardness, I think we'll be good. But that's why resources like this are so important. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about that. Why do you think it is so difficult for parents to engage in these conversations? Yeah, I think one, it's a lot of shame around sex mm, yeah. in our culture. Yeah. And so there's a number of parents who have experienced sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And that brings a level of shame in talking about converse, in talking about this subject. Yeah. So if you have shame around sex that you're battling with internally, it's going to be very difficult for you to talk to your children about it. Yeah. Um, I think also parents haven't had their parents yeah. have those conversations. And yeah. so they haven't had anybody to show them how to do it. And so you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. If you haven't had direction, it's hard for you to be able to give direction to your children yeah, that's on this good. topic. I think also they are not clear on the biblical position of sexuality. They haven't really done the work of navigating what God says about sex, sex and gender themselves. And so it becomes difficult when you don't know um, to communicate it to your children, yeah. especially when they have a lot of what if questions. Mm. What if my friend or what if my cousin, um, how do I treat them? And so for many parents, they really just struggle because of shame or ignorance um, or lack of courage. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it is very, very difficult or it's fear, too. Right. Yeah. Fear of what if my child is gay? Yeah. Uh, for yeah. some of for some people, the fear of their child being gay is worse than their ch child not being a Christian. Yeah. And so I think right. those things make the conversation very difficult. Yeah. There are there there's that end of like, oh, am I introducing them to something that might end up inadvertently leading them astray? And it's mm -hmm. a it's a tough spot to be in, which like God has called us to as we're coming and going to share these truths and finding that trust and resting assured that as you know that truth and you're sharing that truth, mm -hmm. uh, that that's ultimately all we really can do. And being in that position of, of trust can feel helpless because you're not controlling uh, mm -hmm. things. But again, as we thought, not sharing those things with them uh, actually doesn't preserve innocence because we're not sharing with them the, the truth of God's word. We're not yeah. sharing with them the, the, the good things. And again, we're pointing back to, again, we're as we're pulling threads, we're kind of pointing back to the way this is so nuanced. Mm -hmm. Like these are very difficult things to do. So I love those points that you made up. For some, it might be um, trauma, it might be fear, uh, it might be not feeling well equipped. Uh, and again, resources like this, I'm sure, help with all of that. Mm -hmm. Here's what God's word says. Here's how to approach it. Um, is there? Are, have there been things um, that you guys have looked to do in regard to helping some of those parents get over some of those fears that yes. they might have? So one of the parts that I think is one of the, the brilliant parts about this curriculum is that we have a whole chapter devoted to journaling. Okay. 
and journaling for the parents about their fears, mm -hmm. about their hopes for their children. Because if your child is gay, then the hopes you had for your child, for marriage, for grandkids, could yeah. be seriously a threat to your hopes and dreams. Yeah. So we argue that before you even go in this conversation, you need to journal what your hopes and dreams were for your kids. Yeah. Because it takes the pressure off and you're not going into the conversation. You've already wrestled with the fact that maybe your hopes and dreams for your child won't be realized and yeah. you can't live through. Actually, you can't try to live all your hopes and expectations and impose that on your child. Your child has a, a different journey. So knowing, being self-aware of your own hopes and dreams before you even go in the conversation is yeah. important. That's good. Um, also, how are you, how concerned are you with your child's soul yeah. versus how how concerned are you with their sexuality? Mm. If you first got on pins and needles about their state with the Lord because of their sexual, how they identify with sexuality, is this about their walk with the Lord yeah. or this is about gender and sexuality? Yeah. How are you thinking about that? Yeah, um, that's good. Um, so those are some things that we want people to address in the journaling section really so they can realize what they're taking into the conversation. Yeah. Because their child is going to come in the conversation with a lot of stuff, a lot of experiences. But if they're taking all of that baggage in the conversation, they're going to hurt the child in conversation. That's good. That line you said was so powerful. You care more about your child's soul than their sexuality. And in part, we care about their soul. Yeah, we're going to care about them wanting to follow God's will and God's design and so on. But we could inadvertently elevate that the caring about what we would hope to see with their expectations and dreams and grandkids and marriages. So not that those are bad things. Those are good things given us by God. But oftentimes we make marriage and having children the be all and end all of Christianity in which we know that the be all and end all of following God is you know, to make disciples, to, mm. to go in the world, to share the gospel. And um, we're, we're here because of two really famous single men who, mm -hmm. who never achieved what we often elevate as, you know, the be all and end all of, of our society or Christianity of mm -hmm. starting a family and being married. I know it's kind of a weird thing to be on a parenting podcast and be talking about like, that's not our aim. There is a beauty in it and mm -hmm. a gift in it, but do we care more about their soul than their sexuality? And we know that Essentially, it's like the, the cart before the horse kind of thing. What, mm -hmm. what do we want to care about first and foremost, and where are we allowing God to, to work in their lives as we're pointing them back to the truth of God's Word? And I know that we see in culture that these conversations are happening at an even earlier age. Mm -hmm. uh, and we said, come, come June, even if you're just going to a local store, there are going to be things that your kid as a five-year-old uh, and younger are just going to begin seeing and maybe having questions about. Uh, and that can always be a tough tension point for parents is when do you start having these conversations? And so uh, for parents out there uh, who don't know, you know, when to have these conversations with a kid at their younger age, uh, how can they begin to doing that? Um, and how do we discern when and what to share um, at certain ages, you know, four, five, normally I feel like when we talk about having the conversation about sex and sexuality, we probably picture 14-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you discern when to begin having those conversations? I think you have to discern based on their level of exposure. Okay. And so if they're in public school and you know the curriculum is 
going to be going or addressing that topic, you need to figure out what the curriculum is going to say yeah. and make sure you've already equipped them beforehand on the things that the curriculum is going to touch. That's good. If you're homeschooling, you have a lot more uh, uh, control. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In private school, you have a little bit more control depending on the school. Yeah. And so I think it's knowing what they're going to be exposed to and then kind of responding based on their level of exposure. Yeah. Um, and then I think you want to have it younger and younger because it's it's we just live in a sexually infused culture that they're going to catch it some way. I was seeing that like even on YouTube kids, people are trying to slip videos in there that, you know, kind of allude to things that parents are trying to protect yeah. it from. And so you really have to discern what are they being exposed to yeah. and, and not try to like, we, we have the internet, so you can't really hide things. Kids are learning how to use the internet younger and younger. My nephew is one years old yeah. and he literally, when he doesn't like a YouTube video, YouTube kids video anymore, he changes the video himself. And I'm like, how are you doing that at one years old? Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's it's crazy that and you you never know what they're gonna accidentally click on and that yeah. the conversation. So I think also having conversations with your kids to see what they have been exposed to. Yeah. You know, because they might have been exposed to things that you aren't even aware of and then kind of addressing that. And that goes back to that same point of, of creating that safe environment in the home that they mm -hmm. can ask sort of things. And, uh, you know, even just ask, hey, I'm not I'm not mad. I want you to, to share with me what, what it is because I want to help you and I can't help you if I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, and then honoring that, honoring that sentiment as you're trying to create a safe space. Uh, same, same sort of, do you want to just find out the information so you can correct the thing that you think that they've done wrong? Do you want to find out the information so you can help continue to build off that biblical foundation so they have a better understanding? So when they're out in the world and they are exposed to those things, uh, that you have been giving them the, the tools and the truth to be able to best navigate that in a way that honors God and allows them to, to grow. And when you said exposure, we often think too about this from like the tech end, but for some it's within their own family. Mm -hmm. uh, for some it might be, hey, uh, uncle is gay and his partner wants to come stay with us for, for Christmas and they want to share a room. Now, now how do you address that as a family and how do you bring your, your kid along in a discerning way that shows, hey, this is how mom and dad are looking to navigate it. And even this is what's difficult for us to mm -hmm. navigate, uh, but this is why we're looking to do this. And, and this is why we are looking to still be loving to them um, as we make those decisions. So mm -hmm. that, that level of exposure could be very real and real present for yeah. individuals, depending on their family situation. Yeah. Uh, and we mentioned earlier that some of it is not feeling equipped to answer this mm -hmm. uh, and, and trying to get a, a crash course on anything, um, let alone something so huge and important can feel very daunting. So mm -hmm. for parents out there who don't really know where to start when it comes to understanding God's view on sexuality and gender, uh, where would you direct them? What are some resources that have helped you um, uh, in addition and, and maybe have helped shape uh, this project that, that you guys are currently working on? Yeah. So I think Preston Sprinkle has a, a number of resources on understanding sexuality and gender. Yeah. Um, I think about my friend David Bennett, who is, uh, he wrote a book. He was a former gay activist. Okay. Um, and met the Lord in a gay pub of all places wow. in, in Australia. And he wow. wrote a book um, about his journey. Um, we just had him on our podcast, G3 Project podcast, talking okay. about uh, is the Bible, should LGBTQ people trust the Bible? Okay. And wow. um, 
so 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 those David Preston, uh, Sean McDowell has some resources on it have really helped, I think, shape the way I view it. And then hearing the counter arguments as well, you yeah. know, um, because you want to be sensitive to understanding why people are have chosen a different view than the uh, biblical view that we that we hold. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's so important. We've seen, I think, in society lately, like, you know, you don't win people over just through your, your arguments, mm -hmm. uh, but what helps, and what really actually even sharpens you is is having an understanding. That Gaining an understanding doesn't mean that you have to agree, and I think some people feel that if I, I paid attention to another person's argument that mm -hmm. I, I disagree with, that somehow I'm not being true to myself. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. If your aim is to, to be able to better understand them, because what you believe is truly loving and caring, then listen so you can gain a better heart of understanding so that in the conversations you're having, you can direct accordingly as opposed to, I hear you, but I don't really hear you because I just know you're wrong. So let me mm -hmm. tell you why I think you're wrong. Um, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And can I add one more resource? Please, I please do. My yeah. friend Jackie Hill Perry okay. also has uh, some resources as well. Which Great, great resources. I know Jackie has been a part of uh, an episode of The Link as well um, to, to talk about some of those things. And we're going to probably get a, a list of some of those and put them in the show notes uh, as well, just as a resource um, for for uh, for you listening. And and now oftentimes, uh, as part of the, the podcast episodes that we release, we also write kind of a, a complimentary blog to kind of share uh, some of these points, uh, an overview of them, as well as to share further resources. So mm -hmm. so thank you for that. Now, um, in, in those resources that have helped shape you and help, help shape some of the things that you're working through with the Jude 3 Project, we know that Jude 3 Project helps people know what they believe and why. Mm -hmm. uh, how does talking about gender and sexuality help our kids and teens know what they believe and why they believe it? Yeah, I think one, it's such a such a uh, important topic for our identity mm -hmm. to know who we are and who how God made us. Yeah, and that He made us the way we are for a reason. He yeah. made us male and female for a particular reason, for a particular purpose. Yeah, And so that's important for us to know who we are because knowing who we are is gonna impact how we live. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, I, I think, one of, the, one of the important things. And also what God has designed sex to be. Mm -hmm. It is not the be all end all. It yeah. is not for us to shape, our desires shouldn't shape our identity. Mm. That's good. And so when we're thinking about this, we are made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And that is what should form our identity. Yeah. Not who we're attracted to. Yeah. And so understanding that I think will help us to live out um, the the gospel message. That's good. That's good. Especially at such a, those formative years. And mm -hmm. I think that's where you see so much of the tension that's been arising for uh, parents in the cultural conversation about certain things is that we know that these are such vi viable times uh, and uh, impressionable times for kids and students mm -hmm. uh, and that we want them. We want them to, to have that that foundation of God's word, uh, mm -hmm. God's design. And like you said, not just letting our desires be what, I, what is our identity, because we know our identity has been founded in being made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. um, such important and valuable truths. I can't thank you enough, Lisa, for this conversation. And the, the last thing before we kind of formally wrap this up um, 
is just any words of encouragement from from your heart as you've been ministering to parents and looking to resource others and working with churches uh, all throughout. Um, what word of encouragement would you have for parents and listeners today? Yeah, I think just to know that God can do the transformative work in the heart of your child. Yeah. And them making a decision in their teen years may be a temporary decision. Hmm. But you also have to know that this is about their soul. Yeah. And God does the work of sanctification in our lives. Yeah. So trust God with his sanctifying work and pray that your child comes to know God because you can't just impose a biblical ethic on someone who is not a believer. Yeah. So you have to, tr your heart's desires for them to come to know God and trust that he will do the sanctifying work in their life. Amen. Um, and so I think that's something that I would leave our listeners with. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for that. I, I think it's so tough because we care so much about our kids. Mm -hmm. uh, parents care so much about their kids. Uh, but we can never care more than God does. Mm -hmm. We truly can't. And I know the tension we have is in those those waiting moments because the things that we want are such good things because there's things of God mm -hmm. and we long for them. Uh, and when we don't see them and when we see the, the potential hurt our, our child might be going through or, or that they're in mm -hmm. because of decisions, because of being misled, um, it's a tough spot. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think of uh, in the gospel where uh, that father, you know, has, I, I believe, help me in my unbelief. And mm -hmm. I feel like for so often with parents, I believe that God can sanctify. I believe that God loves my child more than I do. I believe that that God can redeem all things, that there's no darkness in which he is not a light. There's no wound in which he can't heal. But help me, help me yeah. in my unbelief. Yeah. And that's where it's so important, I think, for us to be grounded in God's word uh, and to be connected to a Christ-centered community, because those are those moments in which we truly need each other to bear with each other. And I thank you for so much for how you and the Jude 3 Project have been bearing uh, with others to remind us of that truth um, and for just the encouraging word today. Uh, for those of you who are, are listening, uh, if there's any way that we can serve you, that can be an encouragement to you, uh, get you connected to, to resources uh, as you're looking to grow in your understanding uh, of God's design for gender and sexuality and how to be well equipped uh, with these uh, with these conversations. Obviously, the project is called Talking with Gen Z about gender and sexuality. We'll continue to be keeping you updated and sharing all that information about how you can be engaging with those resources as you look to lead your children as you guys are coming and going. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you.